0: Hey, Alison <laughs> Howdy. Uh, finding your body sitting here and whatever shape it's taken. on a cushion or a chair or a bench or if you're someone who's practicing while they're lying down So just let your awareness settle in your body Don't do anything at first, just let yourself be here. And I'll be guiding the meditation for the first portion. So please um, follow what I say and see what happens. See what you discover as you stay very present using some of the guidelines I'm offering. So as you begin, and as I said, with being mindful of the body or letting your awareness settle or land permeate your physical experience. I want you to see what it's like to pretend you don't know what a body is. But you're curious about what the direct experience of what we call a body is like. What's here if you just get curious about the experience that we call being embodied as if you've never been embodied before. See what happens if you're just curious about this experience that we call body or we call being embodied or we call being aware of our body as if you've never had this experience before. Of course, your past experience will acknowledge itself in different thoughts or concepts about what's here, like you may be aware of sensations in the body what we call sensations. And keep playing with seeing what happens if you pretend you don't know what a sensation actually is. But you're open to being aware of it or sensing it or feeling it. But you also know that you don't know what it is even though it may be right here. And even as you are aware of your mind knowing things, like knowing, oh, I, you know what I'm saying, and you know that even though we're pretending, you know it's a sensation, keep seeing what it's like if you don't attach to that knowing. You're aware of it. And you keep being curious about what is it actually, what's the direct knowing like? What's the direct experience like of what we're calling body or sensations? as we stay very present here now, please be aware that the body, what we call the body, is breathing. And start to be aware of the breath as if you've never had a breath before. As if you don't know what a breath is. And you're discovering it with this breath. And of course, using or resting in that thread of not knowing so that we don't know what this breath is, but we're learning about it, discovering it. We're only knowing it in the present moment aliveness of this breath. Letting that go and discovering what is the next breath like that we've never had before. I can assure you, you've never had this breath before. Discovering this breath, as if we've ne- as if we would never breathed before, as if it's your first breath. And so we're resting in the not knowing and being aware of each breath as if it's totally brand new, which of course it is. As we stay present and relaxed here in this moment of life where we don't know what will happen next, we begin to rest in the unknown. And we don't even know if this will be our last breath. we rest in the not knowing because this could be our last breath and I'm not asking you to worry about is it your last breath but to rest in the unknowing and the discovery of what this breath is like even as we're we don't know if there'll be another one after this. Please feel free to simply rest in the unknown and you can stay with the breathing as it happens or you can open to any other experience that may display itself with the same perspective And if you become aware of sounds or hearing, see what it's like not to know what a sound is and be aware of it. Not to know what hearing is and be aware of it. Or not to know what your emotions are if they arise and be aware of them. What it's like to be aware of thought Without thinking, we know what thought is. Taking a very relaxed perspective on the display of phenomena that appears here with our human aliveness not thinking we know what it is but being aware of it discovering it moment by moment by moment discovering reality sitting here in our seat So tonight, um, I'd like to talk about not knowing and I hope the meditation supported that intention or that, um, area of, uh, interest that we have about what we know and also about what we don't know or what's unknown and, uh, and I like meditating and pretending I don't know how to meditate even, because you know I know some things about meditation, but it's also um, really helpful to not get caught in what I know or identified or not let reality be veiled by what I know, but see what it's like not to know. Because as I was pointing out in the meditation, each moment is totally new. And this moment right now is new. So even now, you could pretend, if you would like, that you've never heard me before, or you don't know me. Because, of course, you do know me and you don't know me. Right? If you've been around a while, you may be new to SFI, and then you really don't know me. You're even freer, because you don't even have to think you know me. uh, and uh, and so I w- thought I would talk about not knowing, which I've translated now because you can't look up not knowing in the in the dictionary, right? It's not a word. It's a it's a it's a phrase, not knowing. But the but the one word that comes closest is unknown or unknowing. And so that's a good enough word for us to use that we're we're looking at the unknown in our experience, partly because of um, COVID-19 and what happened. Because I don't think any of us knew uh, last year that this would be happening. Did anybody know that? Please raise your hand, you have to go to the participants button. And then you can raise your hand and I'll be happy to call on you if you knew that which would be pretty interesting because I know some people have some kind of psychic abilities and maybe some people knew, but I sure didn't know. And most of the people I know didn't know that we were going to have a pandemic this year. And most of us didn't even know, even when it was happening in China, we didn't think, most people I know didn't think, oh, it's going to come here, it's going to happen in here and it's here. And so not knowing has been a big part of our life now because we didn't just know it was we didn't know it was going to come. And we didn't know what it would mean or what would happen, meaning like there's a lockdown right in California for another month, right, for the month of May. And who knows how long that's going to happen because I don't think any of us actually know. And I don't. And I don't have any, I, I don't think even the people in the government are running things now, even though they would like it to change very quickly, because they would like the uh, economy to start running again, because nobody that I know has ever seen the economy stop. They've seen it go up and down in recessions, even depression. This is very different. This has basically been a stop. So all of that's been unknown and we're learning about it. We didn't know what was gonna happen and here we are. And so the question that's come up a lot is how do we practice with this? And um, there's many different um, answers to that question but the first answer is of course, how do you practice with anything? Because the practice doesn't change what does it mean to be here what does it mean to be aware what does it mean to be awake what does it mean to see what we do know, know and also what we don't know and be aware of all of that and what is it that's seeing what we know and what we don't know and here I'll give some examples of how ordinary knowing and not knowing is is so I woke up today and uh, I wasn't sure what I was going to do. You know, I knew I wanted to, I thought maybe I would get a bike ride, which I ended up doing, but not, excuse me, not doing. I wished I was going to do, I thought I might do, but, uh, but I ended up um, walking and uh, doing some shopping early because I can get in the over 60 early grocery line now. And uh, so it's easier to shop. And I realized, oh, it's Mother's Day, which I didn't know until today, right? I, I wasn't aware of it. It's Mother's Day. And so I uh, called my daughter's mother, which was really fun because I didn't know I was going to do that. And so I'm pointing at this a little because I'm highlighting the ordinariness of knowing and not knowing. And how knowing is uh, un, not knowing. Uh, a lot of knowing comes out of not knowing, right? Maybe we could say all knowing comes out of not knowing. And it, what was really fun was I didn't. I never. Uh, I don't talk to my daughter's mother too often. You know, a few times a year, and we trade some. We're on email groups with our daughter and and uh, other people, um, and. Um, and it was really fun to talk to, and we really had a good time and we could and it was very warm. It was very affectionate, meaning we could feel the love and the happiness that somehow we'd gotten together and we created a daughter. We had something to do with creating a daughter. And uh and uh and it was just totally fun because I didn't know that would happen today at all, really. That was like the unknown and the kind of blessing and goodness that can come from not knowing and what arises from the unknown, not from my plans. And I'm somebody who like to to plan things. I like to know what I'm gonna do. I like to get things done, all that kind of stuff. And it's always so much more interesting at a certain level to not know what the hell's gonna happen because something comes alive in me when I don't know what's happening. And I've learned to trust that not knowing as I've practiced. So um, given that it's Mother's Day, I wanna wish all of you happy Mother's Day because everybody here had a mother, right? Good or bad, you, know, you liked her or didn't like her, everybody had a mother, that's a blessing because otherwise you wouldn't be here. So appreciations for your mother. And then many of you are mothers which also I want to wish you a happy Mother's Day. It's, it's a big deal to have a kid. So then, of course, later I was reflecting on um, uh, my daughter's birth, which, I mean, that's a wild event to be at when somebody's being born. And I was remembering it vividly because I was there and it was, it was a big deal. <laughs> and uh, and, uh, and it, it's just wild. I didn't know... I didn't, I knew that babies came out of women, but I'd never, I didn't really know it until I saw it. It's like, whoa, that is intense. That's that's high class something. (laughs) That is amazing when you see the, like life coming out of life. It's just beautiful and magical and mysterious and wondrous. And then I remember this is, of course, this is many, many years ago now. and, um, and I remembered walking home because we were at, we were at a hospital, but we were in what was called, let's see if I can remember what it was called. It was some kind of alternative birth center. So it wasn't just a hospital birth. It was set up like a like a family a home room. And um, we got to have a midwife. So it wasn't just a doctor, although doctors were on hand if needed. And we had a midwife and we got to, you know, do the baby. My, my daughter's mother got to just do it her way, which she did. And she was great. And, uh, and then I remember I was walking home and I was walking and it was, um, I forget the name of the hospital, but it was on... Um, um, Castro Street or, Divis- yeah, Castro Street, um, where it turns into Divisadero. And uh, I was walking home and on the street, and there were people on the street, you know, it was, no, it was a really pretty day in July. And, um, and I started seeing everybody as if they were little babies. Like, and I didn't realize they'd been little babies even though somewhere in my mind I knew that, but, but I saw it now. I could see them as little babies, which I didn't expect, right? And it was quite wondrous. And it was really, uh, it changed my perspective of human beings forever, that one event. Cause I walked back and you could see, oh, and I can look at all of you and I could see, oh, these people were all babies. Like, just like my daughter had been born and like, boom, all of us, not just you people, me too. I mean, what a wild deal that we were like that once. And we don't look like that now. At least I don't. I don't know about the rest of you. I'm trying to, I'm scanning now the whole screen. And many of you often just have your names instead of your pictures. It's so much better if you have your pictures. So then I can relate to you a little closer to normally. So I'm just telling you and uh, yeah, cause it's like, oh, then I get to see human beings even though they're on a the screen in these little boxes and all that stuff. So anyhow, I'm just throwing in some pieces of what's come to me today as I reflected on this talk about not knowing or being aware of the unknown. And when I looked up the unknown, it said, of course, when I looked up unknown in the dictionary, it said not known or f- or not familiar, right? The unknown is not familiar. And that it leads to an exploration of what's called like unknown territory. And then the the thesaurus, it talked about it as hidden, uncommon, undefined, unexplored, uncharted. And And I think that's what Dharma is about. It's about discovering who and what we are beyond what we know about who and what we are, beyond our ideas, beyond our beliefs, beyond our history of who and what we are, but the actual living reality, which is known and unknown to us right in the moment, that there's more to discover. And so, of course, as we're reflecting on this, you can always think about what you know about anything and also what you don't know about that same thing, whatever it might be. And it could be the Dharma, it could be, you know, your body, or it could be, you know, COVID-19, or it could be how the warriors will do when they come back, you know, whenever basketball comes back or anything. You know, and you can think about what you know about anything or, or whatever you care about, your your work or your study, uh, your, if you're, you like to cook, you know a lot about cooking. And then there's a lot that you don't know. And that starts to bring us into reality. It's not a fixed reality. It's not a static world. It's an ecstatic world in that way. <clears throat> And, of course, I was thinking about uh, um, what else happened for me today that was known, unknown. I had to make a couple calls um, and I was nervous about them. I woke up, I was nervous. I was a little anxious about making them, uh, especially one, because it, it was to an old friend who I heard was angry with me, mad at me, or, or upset with me or had he had some opinions about me and i feel very warmly towards him and uh and so i wanted to reach out and see if anything could happen and also i found a bunch of old photos of him and him and me and him and his family him and his children and he was from when i was a musician and so him playing music and us playing music together and i really what i my initial thought was to send it to him and when I talked to somebody about it they said oh yeah he's mad at you he thinks you're this and you're that and da, da, da. so fine and I was nervous when I woke up and I, did. I thought I don't know if I'm going to call him I don't I don't need this crap right I, I was in my I was having a reaction and then I took a walk and something relaxed in my consciousness and I felt like, oh, of course I'm gonna call him. Let's see what's going on. Come on, it's, I'm not mad at him, right? And so I called, I, I didn't get him. Uh, and in my mind, I think, oh yeah, he won't answer the phone if he thinks it's me, if he sees my name, which he would. And and so, and then, I, but I thought, well, I'll leave him a message. And I told him I wanted to send him some pictures and, and then I said, and I heard you, you were mad at me. I'm sorry if you're mad at me. I'm not mad at you. Can we, you know, I'm happy to talk to you about it. Maybe we can clarify it. And so I came home and and now I don't know if I'm going to hear from him again. And I don't because he's he can be very, uh, he's from New York. He's very New Yorkish about shit. And, uh, and I had a lot of fun with him when we were young, but he's very New York. And... Um, in that way, where he can be hardline is, I guess, a better phrase to use instead of. I don't mean to say that about everybody from New York. Even though secretly we know if you're from New York, you're you're like that, you're you're hardline. Um, so let me see if I can keep going a little here. Um, a few more things about knowing, not knowing. You know, human beings love to know, right? And they, we take a lot of pride in knowing and thinking we know stuff and we do. And as a species, we're good at knowing and we've, we've learned a lot of things and created a lot of things and discovered a lot of things. And we know a lot of things, but there is a, but, but that's not the end of, of what's here because there's so much more that's unknown. So much more that's unknown. And uh, I, uh, I saw a quote from H.L. Mencken, who was a journalist in the tw- early 20th century. And he wrote, penetrating so many secrets, we cease to believe in the unknowable. Penetrating so many secrets, we cease to believe in the unknowable. But there it sits, nevertheless, calmly licking its chops right? Calmly licking its chops, Because it's here, the unknow. there's so much that we don't know that's unknowable. And it's part of our practice. And it's part of spiritual practice in general. Um, You know, and it's it's, even in all the different Buddhist traditions, they keep pointing at it in different ways. In Zen, Suzuki Roshi said, a student was writing about him, and the student wrote, he said that uh, Suzuki, he told Suki, he said, you talked about the first principle again, but I still don't know what it is. Meaning the student was saying, I don't know what the, what the first principle is. And Suzuki said, I don't know is the first principle. I don't know is the first principle. So that's really important to see, because then we can start to relax in our not knowing. We don't have to think we're wrong or we need to know everything. Actually, we want to get here and see what we know and also see what we don't know and start to rest in that. This is from one of my teachers, Hamid Ali, and Hamid was trained in science. He was a trained to be a scientist, astrophysicist, actually. And he said, "He said if we understand it completely, it isn't reality. If we understand it completely, it isn't reality. And it's beautiful. I've learned a lot from Hamid about not knowing and about the mystery of reality and the, the beauty and the magic and the discovery of, of reality. <clears throat> So, not knowing is more of an adventure than a problem, right? It's true. We don't know what it's going to happen, and then we have to do things that are different now, right? Like how do we how do we live here, with without leaving our house or staying home mostly, or always wearing a mask when we leave or washing up all the time, right? Right. Those are the the different causes and conditions that are present for us to practice with now. But there is the potential for it to be an adventure for something to open up because we don't know what's going to happen and we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow or really we don't know what happened today. And even I don't know what's going to happen now. You know, I have some notes. So I have some, you know, I have a little map, but the map is not the terrain, right? it's just a map. And of course, the not knowing becomes a doorway for each of us. And I always love to be able to quote Emily Dickinson, because she was such an out there person, and poet and writer and not conventional. She said, not knowing when the dawn, when the dawn will come, not knowing when the dawn will come, I open every door. Not knowing when the dawn will come, I open every door. Or St. Augustine said, God is best known in not knowing him. God is best known in not knowing him. Hmm. Mm. Um, covering different traditions. God is best known in not knowing him from St. Augustine. In Judaism, you can't literally say the name of the word God because God is unknown on that level. God is not a concept. God is not a thing. And so it's unknown. And you live with the not knowing of really what God is and so when we start to see how much isn't known about anything that we know whatever it might be right about history we know a little bit about history and we've learned about history and people have, you know, written about it. We, we know some things, but there's still more that we don't know. And even Buddhism, I mean, we know a lot about Buddhism, but we're still learning, still discovering. And I'm talking about even just classically, you know, depending on who translates it, you get a diff, slightly different version of our understanding. And so we're still knowing it more. And if, as we practice... The knowing never stops. I keep learning, and I've been practicing a while now. You know, some thirty sub years, more, thirty five, something like that. Yeah, and uh, you know, it's I'm still discovering what is Buddhism, what is the truth, what is it to wake up, what is freedom, and 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 I don't think. And the trick is. We don't, it's not a final. There's not a final anything. There's more to know because so much is unknown about reality. This is in Zen. They say, not knowing, right here, I'll, I'll read you this story. It's a koan. Uh, uh, Dizang asked Feiyan, where are you going? right, there are two teachers or or two monastics, I assume. Yan said, I'm going around on pilgrimage. And Dizang said, what is the purpose of the pilgrimage? And Yan said, I don't know. And Dizang said, not knowing is most intimate. Not knowing is most intimate. And really, that's one of my favorite teachings in all of Buddhism, really, that that line, not knowing is most intimate, because it points to something true about reality, even a breath, right? Like I was saying, take a breath as if you've never had a breath. Of course, you've had breaths. But do we really know what a breath is? You know, we have a scientific template that's put on breathing but the actual experience of a breath. Do we know what that is? Meaning, do we know what it is other than the thing itself, the moment itself, the experience itself? Everything else is concepts. And to be really intimate with the breath means to let go of the concepts. And I've done a lot of breath meditation, as many of you know, in my practice. And it's always, the practice just goes deeper and deeper as I don't think I know what a breath is, as I just know it by feeling it, sensing it, being aware of it in the direct moment. And and actually that is true about every experience that I've ever had on any retreat, that it's when I let go of the knowing that the unknown starts to reveal the Dharma quite beautifully, because it's all right here. And of course, being more comfortable with not knowing will open us to the reality that we live in every day, even not on retreat, but in daily life. So here's, here's the practice you could do this week, is pretend you don't know your partner if you're with somebody right? If you're married or you have a partner or a few partners, whatever your, your world is, right? Pretend you you know them, but also see that you don't know them, right? And if you're not living with someone, do that with a friend, or you could even do it with a pet, right? Like if you have a dog or a cat, oh yeah, you know they're a cat, you know they're your cat, Tinkerbell or whatever you call your cat or your dog, Grover is the the dog here that we know but really who and what is Grover except the name on this being in this shape and form and what happens if I pretend I don't know who Grover is or what a dog is even and of course it's even better excuse me I'm going to try to get some more light in this room Better. Um, it's even better when I pretend I don't know who my partner is, right? Pam, who, I mean, I know Pam's my partner, but when I see that I don't know her, things open up. That she's not who I think she is. She's not my thoughts. She's not my beliefs. She's not even our history. There's a living being here who's alive right now. And to start to see her that way, not only do I wake up, but she likes that, she's, she enjoys that. When I'm not thinking she's Pam who, you know, didn't wash the dishes yesterday or whatever my thought might be about her or my belief. So try that out as part of your practice. and then I'll end the talk in a moment this again is from Hamid he said you may recognize that not knowing is the way being opens up to its own mysteriousness not knowing is the way being opens up to its own mysteriousness in fact, not knowing is the direct expression of the mystery itself. I know what I see, but I acknowledge that I do not know whether what I see is all that can be seen, all that can be known. And it's true, really, in every part of our experience. If we work in the arts, we know things and we create things, and we don't even know what we can create or what can come of what we make or what we are working on or with the people we're even working with, or even in whatever work, it doesn't have to be the arts. It could be, you know, in finance, we don't know what's possible. You know, how clearly, how directly, how kindly can we function, right? There may be no level. You know, I have one friend who is now a, uh, uh, teacher at Spirit Rock who was the he ran the airport in San Francisco for 20 years he was like the ED at the airport which God bless him I could never do a job like that that's like not my skill set and what's been beautiful about knowing him is knowing how much Dharma opened through him as he did that work and came into it and that you know, you wouldn't think, oh, this is a place of dharma, except of course, every place we are is a place of dharma, where there's the potential for the dharma to shine through with some clarity, some compassion, some kindness, some wisdom, some love, some heartfulness, wherever we are. And, of course, we want to watch out and not let any judging mind come in, because it may not have come through in some way, but be just be curious about, oh, how could it come through? Or when might it come through the next time you go to work, right? Instead of don't worry about the past. Let's stay in the present and see what happens. And of course the present is any now that you're part of, because this is the whole world right now. Of course, I'd like to end with my, oh, I'll do two, two quotes. One is from Stephen Batchelor. He said, as mindful awareness becomes stiller and clearer, as mindful awareness becomes stiller and clearer, experience becomes not only more vivid, but simultaneously more baffling. More vivid and more baffling. The more deeply we know something in this way, the more deeply we don't know it. All right? Beautiful. It's a beautiful pointing at the depth of reality that's possible with mindfulness practice. And then just a sweet little part of a poem from Ryo Khan. He said, I do not know others. I do not know others. Others do not know me. Not knowing, we naturally follow the way. I do not know others. Others do not know me, not knowing we naturally follow the way. So those are a few words about not knowing the unknown, learning how to rest in the spiritual potential of even this difficulty where we don't know what's going to happen. And of course, I always invite you, like to hear what you have to say, any comments, any uh, questions, any reactions. Um, Oh, thank you, Mahim. Yeah, Davies Hospital was what I was talking about where my daughter was born. I'm just checking the chat now. Okay, I'm gonna take questions. Please think if I asked everybody here to have a question, what your question would be because I may call on you. Uh, Emily, I'm gonna unmute you. Hi, Emily. Emily, let me try again. I'm gonna unmute. I'm trying, there we go. Can you
1: hear me? Yes. Okay. Hi. Hi. Um, well, I more have a comment, and then you could comment on my comment.
0: Okay. Yeah, I'm going uh, to make a comment on your comment. I think okay. I'm okay. Actually, I don't know if I will. <laughs> Please.
1: <laughs> um, well, I found that meditation really interesting. I have a generally a hard time.
0: So wait, uh, wait, I, I want to ask you a question. Are you on a phone or a computer?
1: I'm on both. Well, I'm on the phone for audio. Let me Uh, get a headset.
0: Yeah, if you do that, it'll help the sound sound for me.
1: Okay, can you hear me better? Better. Okay.
0: Yeah.
1: I can, if you want to call on someone else, I can rejoin by the computer. Ah, Okay.
0: No, let's live with it.
1: Okay, um, I thought the meditation was really—it was very different for me um, this time, and um, I really liked being able to see or experience um, what what I was experiencing without all of the stuff that comes along with the feelings that I usually have. So one thing I noticed was that sound often startles me. Like any sound just feels like I have to pay attention to it. I have to know what it is. And I have this vigilance. And when I did it as an unknown, kind of this curiosity of like, oh, what's that? And what's that? Like it didn't feel dangerous in any way. Mm -hmm. Um, And I felt this potential, and this was me then with my knowing but that I could, for example, sleep better if I could try to tune out the things that I know are not, you know, if I could sort of have this general sense of, of ease and safety instead of, like, danger all around.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And the other thing that happened was around pain, that I have, I have chronic pain. And the, the first thing I kept noticing was pain. But when I was addressing, like, the curiosity, going with the curiosity,
0: mm-hmm. I
1: noticed it but I noticed a lot of other things. So I didn't only notice the exactly. pain.
0: That's great. It's great what you're saying. It's great for everybody to hear. I don't know if everybody had that, but that's a really, both what you're talking about, about sound and the usual reaction to it. And then even pain, because what is pain? What's the sensation? And then what happens? Well, that's, that's
1: the other thing that happened was, one, I just started noticing other things in my body besides pain that just felt fine. Mm-hmm. And then and then I asked myself, well, what is the pain? What does that mean? Because I have all these associations with pain and what it means. And so then I was able to notice the pain and just what is the actual sensation. And so all those things right. felt really interesting. And then I was able to also notice my breath and I do a lot of Feldenkrais. And so there's a lot of Awareness of your breath and Feldenkrais body work. And so by the end of the meditation, my whole, I could feel my lungs and ribs like filling up in a whole, like much fuller. So that was like a very, that was my experience of, of meditation. And I, I really, I enjoyed like having a very different experience.
0: Yeah, great, great. Happy to hear that. And please feel free to play with it because every moment is actually brand new. And it's just wild. And because meditation, you can really start to feel that. Because it's just this. And I mean, yeah. So let's see where it goes. Play with it. Great. Thank you. Thanks. Okay. Uh, Miru.
2: Hi, can you hear me okay? Yeah. Great. Hi. Hi, thank you again. Um, I it's, it's a comment, but also it's a sort of thought that occurred to me as I was listening to your talk tonight. Um, I actually looked up what, before the talk, uh, before tonight's uh, sitting, what no means in the etymology. So I didn't look up the unknown.
0: You, you what?
2: I looked up what it means uh, in the etymology of no.
0: Uh-huh.
2: And, uh, it says from the old English, it's based on Knawan, and it meant originally to perceive a thing to be identical with another, or to be able to distinguish. So I I thought about that for a while, because it means that we try to basically associate one thing with another, and then kind of identify pattern out of things. That's what it means to know in a way.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes.
2: and and also, I mean, based on your talk tonight, it made sense to me that all this associations. sometimes, I mean, it, it helps for us to figure out the world, how to leave, whatever, but at mm-hmm. the same time, it creates all these preconceptions about many different things. So hence it, uh, and everything changes all the time.
0: <laughs> yeah. Not yeah.
2: Nothing the same, and, but then we assume it is the same as, because we know,
0: mm-hmm.
2: I just, um, so that was really interesting, kind of make the connection between your talk tonight and then um, what I looked up, but also realize how difficult it is to have that beginner's mind that
0: it, it is, but it's a practice like anything and it keeps growing if you're oriented towards it. And what's beautiful and that I think is really important, I'm glad you brought the word no into the room, too, because it's not to get rid of our knowing, mm-hmm. right? It's just to know and also to not know at the same time mm-hmm. and then see what happens because the the our consciousness is bigger than one or the other. Yeah. And we can start to rest in what knows and what doesn't know, mm-hmm. right? And then, yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Sure. Thank you. Okay. Let's see. Tasha. Hey, Eugene. Can hey. you hear me? Yes.
3: Great. So I wanted to report back on feeling like a child while spending time with my parents.
0: Uh huh.
3: And I found it very interesting your talk tonight um, because I've been thinking about this all week. I had been watching a TV show with my mom about a witch that has magical powers. Ah. And what I came to the realization on a walk today is that I had let go of all the magic in my life. And I was just assuming that people were going to behave the same way that they had in the past without letting like the magic or room for the unknown. Wait, wait,
0: wait, 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 wait. I missed part. So you go back about three sentences.
3: I was just saying, I was assuming that in my interactions with my family, that they would continue to act in the way that they always had, and I wasn't giving them any space right. to see that they would show up differently or how a situation would unfold. I was just jumping to how it had unfolded in the past.
0: Yeah,
4: got and it. And I
3: wasn't leaving room for magic or for for any uncertainty in, in the future, So then it was really interesting to come to your talk tonight and have that
0: um,
3: really resonate with how I was feeling. So I just thank you.
0: Great. Thank you. That's great to hear because you're really pointing at this. And this is what I'm hoping I was trying to convey about even with my partner. Like I know her and I don't know her. Right. I, I know how she's reacted in the past to this or that. But you never know how anybody's gonna be in any moment, even our parents. And to give them that gift of openness, it's good for them and good for you.
3: Yeah, hard to do, but work for sure. So thank you.
0: Yeah, thank you. Great. And yeah. Okay. And and Leah and I'm gonna to try to get some more light in this room. It's getting too dark in here. Hold on a second, Leah. Okay. Hi, Eugene. Where are you? Oh, there. You are. Hi. There you are.
5: Um. Today, when I was sitting with the not knowing, I was really encountering um, how much of me wants to control and how much tension is created in that wanting to even brace against not knowing. Mm -hmm. If I know I can't know, there's still a desire to stop something else from either entering my eardrum, if it's a sound, or to not... Be hurt by the not knowing or something, and I was just wondering if you. Well, I think instead of becoming like a reaction, the tension and the effort to control, so it just becoming a reaction. It's become like a way of being.
1: Mm-hmm.
5: And I was just wondering if you could talk on that subject a little bit, maybe.
0: Sure. Let's be curious about the state of being. In other words, there's some things we know about it, what we're calling a state of being, right? Which, you know, if I was to shorthand it, I would say it's you, right? It's your experience. Is that accurate? Okay. So what happens if if we bring it into what don't we know about this state of being that we're calling you? Like, And I'm, I'm going to throw out a few different uh, questions, like, what is it? Where did it come from? Why does it stay? What's comfortable about it? What's uncomfortable about it? And all of those are kind of investigative questions that you can start to live with, instead of which we're not trying to get rid of it. We're trying to understand it and see what is this? What do we know about it? What don't we know? Does that make sense?
5: Yeah, and it always calms down with bringing awareness to it. And usually there's some crying and then it kind of relaxes. And it's like a way I used to know myself that now I have to get there and it takes some time if I get there at all. That's hard to come to terms with.
0: Well, well, are you there? Where are you right now?
5: It's just like right back, yeah.
0: <laughs> what what's right back?
5: More more tense than not. More.
0: You know. So allow the tension and pretend you don't know what tension is. And even as you feel what's here that we call tension.
5: Yeah, I like this exercise, thank
0: you. Okay, you're welcome. But be really kind about that kind of consistent pattern. Okay. Sure. Okay, who else? There, There are no hands raised. This is where I get a little excited, like, oh, should I just call on somebody? (laughs) Uh, uh, There we go. Um, Maggie.
5: Um, This is about something I don't know.
2: I wanted to ask you the question. Why do you have a skeleton in the back of your room?
0: Do you think I have a skeleton in the back of my room? Well,
6: there's something hanging back there behind you that looks like a skeleton.
0: Really, I don't know. I don't either. <laughs> now we're resting in the not knowing. Uh, I have a, I do have a skeleton here, although it's not my skeleton. I have my skeleton right here. Good. But, but um, but um, um, I there's a certain meditation that I do um, that I learned from venerable Analyo, and that the way you do the first part of the Satipatthana Sutta is you're aware of skin, right? of Your body. And then you go up and you're aware of the flesh of your body. And then you go down, you're aware of the skeleton of the body, the bones of the body. Mm -hmm. And so at some point I just wanted a skeleton. I wanted to really be precise and uh and also i've I like skeletons um, I don't know why exactly, except they you know except it's like what I said about seeing everybody as babies, right well, same thing I mean I can look and see everybody's got skin flesh, and bones there's a skeleton that I'm speaking to, you know, and it's not a bad thing or there's nothing wrong with it it's it's kind of wild what what this is that we call a body and that these bones and that they take a shape and the shape structures us and supports us and we can do things with it. And it's, you know, and it's great if you don't break it, you know, which I've done, I've broken a lot of bones. So maybe that's another reason it's nice to have a fake skeleton around in case I break something else.
2: Well, thank you for increasing my knowing. (laughs)
0: okay but just remember uh, whatever we know about why I have a skeleton there's more to discover (laughs) okay thank you Jose
6: yeah hi thank you uh hi and uh when 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 you say not knowing that makes me think about the future, letting go, the things that I don't know are usually things in relation to the future. So when you say the concept of like not knowing an object or something right now, um, is that in order to bring awareness around that? <laughs> I don't know.
0: Say, say that again.
6: Uh, I'm, I'm just a little confused with the whole like not knowing concept when you say like, hey, I. <laughs> I don't know what is that skeleton in the back when when here, here here
0: so you know what this is
6: I I I yeah a bowl or like a bell
0: No it's not a bowl it's definitely a bell right 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 but Can you hear that? Right Yeah so the knowing and the not knowing what this is, is both are both here. Cause I know this is a bell and I know something will happen if I hit it, Right. but that sound, I don't actually know that sound until I hit it. Right. I, I have an idea about the sound, but
6: When you do that, my mind immediately says, like, oh, sit down. It's the vibration of the metal and that's causing. Right. That
0: and, and you know, great, great thoughts, you know, and, you know, may have some scientific reality, right? It may be the vibration and goes out in every direction and right. But what is it? What is vibration? Really, not just as an idea.
6: My mind, so then I have the issue that I always go to like the scientific explanation of things. Yeah,
0: so go ahead. Oh, but- uh, The scientists don't know what's going on.
6: I'm sure there's like an explanation to vibration, like waves, sound waves, or whatever the case might be. I'm just...
0: it, it's a way to talk about something that is a little more magical than what we say about it. So that's how I'm just pointing you a little bit, not at your mind, but at some other level of reality that you're part of. Like we know that you came out of your mother's womb, right? Right. Right. But what the hell is that? Where did, Where were you before that? Yeah, we didn't know. <laughs> thank you <laughs> all right i got one in there <laughs>
6: good that but that i get but when when you talk about like physical things that are in my presence i'm like okay that's made of metal that's made of plastic that's that
0: yeah yeah but that but what's metal
6: uh it's a combination of like uh atoms themselves uh,
0: you know right. good and so what's an atom What's that made of? Quarks. Pardon? Quarks? Electricity. What are quarks made of? Right? Because we keep looking for what we know and we stop sensing into the living reality that includes what we don't know. Remember, I think I said this one thing from Hamid, who is a really a brilliant scientist. He, he said, uh, um, if you understand it completely, it isn't reality. If you understand it completely, it isn't reality. You got that, Jose? When right. you, okay, where are you? Oh, there you are, yeah, I know, but somehow, okay. You gotta make a sound. Say something, Jose. I'm just trying to get your picture to light up on my screen. Uh, can you hear me? Yeah, there we go. I heard you, but I wanted to see you too. Yeah, so um, when... If, if we understand it completely, it isn't reality. Okay, got it. Okay. I it. Okay. So it doesn't mean all that non-scientific knowledge. Beautiful. Really great and helpful but it's not the end of the story so when you say
6: to that extent if we understand completely it is not reality that is the concept that we just simply don't have an explanation to life or to like the world around but also
0: reality is just much wilder than that
6: okay got it
0: there's so much more i mean there's just so much more. right Okay, wilder I than, than I know, that's for sure. That That's the one thing I know. I know that I don't know. <laughs> okay, good to see you. Thank
3: you.
0: Yeah. Miru. Wait. There we go.
2: <clears throat> Sorry, I, I just had a one thought um, as I was listening to your conversation with Jose and I just I just realized the importance of curiosity with this not knowing. Um, but it's not about actually what we know. It's not about the outcome, but it's really about being curious about being curious. Is that mm-hmm.
5: fair to say?
0: Is that fair to say? Sure. Well, why wouldn't we be curious about everything? right? Have, have you ever noticed, like remember I was talking about the babies? Yeah. Babies are just curious about everything. You know, well first they're curious, can they put it in their mouth and eat it? Because they're hungry, but you know, but also if they touch it, is it you know what happens? Mm-hmm. And that's how we learn is through our curiosity. It's beautiful. Yeah. And and um Tejaniya talks about that a lot, about curiosity and how how much we can learn by what we don't know.
6: Mm-hmm.
0: Thank you. sure thank you Is that enough for tonight, everybody? Or do we have one last question or not? Okay, I'm gonna assume oh there we go. We got one last question. Well I thought we did. Maybe we didn't. Trish, did you wanna speak? Trisha?
4: Yeah. Can you hear me?
0: Yeah. You gotta be quick though now.
4: Okay. I Concise. just um, okay. So I got some text messages today from a family member that I spoke of last week. And she um, she basically said that my mind is conditioned to make all these judgments, even though I never said any of those judgments. And I said, that's not true. and And we went back and forth about her beliefs um, and her politics just on the outskirts, but it ended in a stalemate basically that we don't agree with each other's beliefs. And and I just realized in this talk, it's like so hard not to um, look at her or her to look at me as two people that we don't really know. We think we know. You're right. And, and so it's become the stalemate of, okay, we just can't really. talk because of this political ideology difference.
0: Right. Well, That's that may be...
4: ...find us.
0: Well, it may be true that you can't talk about politics, <laughs> but it's not the totality of what either of you are, right? And so I often find it's really helpful for me to say to somebody something like, I get that we have really different, you know, positions, right, about something. And um, what else would you like to talk about instead of this? (laughs) You know, and so make it more, can we have, can we talk about something that is interesting to you that you would like to talk about? Things like that.
4: Mm -hmm. Just for not knowing. Okay. Back
0: in. Thank you. Thank you. Good luck, you know, next time you communicate with them. Okay, we're going to stop. Jeff, do you want to talk about Donna? Are you still on, Jeff? Uh, No, yeah, yeah, you're on, Jeff. Let's see, I unmuted you, Jeff.
3: Okay. Hello, everyone. Hi. Um, Yeah, I just want to mention the practice of Donna and SFI has been um, operating on the generosity of the Sangha for many years. And now that we are um, operating mostly online, there's a, a donation button on our website. Nina had posted that in the chat earlier tonight. And you can go to that button on the website that will connect you to... The PayPal website, and then there's a drop down menu when you get to PayPal that identifies how you want your donation to be um, allocated at SFI. And uh, we appreciate your generosity, and uh, thank you, Eugene, for the offering tonight.
0: You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. Good to be with you all. Um, we'll just take a moment to do a little sharing of merit. Um, appreciating our good fortune that we could be here and talk about the dharma, talk about knowing, see what we know, don't know, and that we can practice together even in the midst of the COVID-19 pandemic and sharing our good fortune, letting it go out in every direction, May it touch all the beings in this world and every world. May all beings be happy and peaceful. May all beings be free from suffering, free from confusion, free from having to know or not know anything. May all beings awaken. May we awaken together. May we realize our Buddha nature, the nature of love, compassion, wisdom. May all beings be free. Thank you, everybody. Um, last One last thing. I won't be here next week. Pam Weiss will be here next week. I'll see you again in two weeks. Please be well. Stay healthy. Take good care of yourself. Take good care of everybody. Okay. Thank you, everybody.